0: Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's your boy, Trent McClellan, back on the GP The Generators podcast. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. I really do. I hope this day finds you well. Um, hope you're good. Hope if you're in Canada, you're warm, and it's not minus 1,000, because that's what it is in some places. Minus 1,000. People are doing that trick in Alberta, where they take water and throw it up in the air, and it freezes the second it hits the air. Imagine. This is where we live. This is part of our country's experience. Just water the second it hits the air just crystallizes into ice, and we we choose that. We're like, yeah, well, that's where I'm going to live. That's where I'm going to set down some roots uh godspeed godspeed to every single person out there in alberta i know back in calgary where i've been living the last 16 years it is deep freeze hell right now and uh, i think pretty much all of alberta and the prairies is in that boat so stay warm out there people take precautions put that thick winter jacket in your car if you're not wearing one huh i'm here in halifax and it's not anywhere near that cold but it's still winter i mean i haven't seen the sun here in weeks, I'm not going to lie to you. Little depressing. Little depressing. Uh, one thing about Alberta is that, regardless, especially Calgary, regardless of temperature, there's a lot of blue sky there. It could be minus a thousand, but it'll be big blue, clear sky, and sunshine, and you can kind of deal with that. But this gray, bismal abyss, this uh, this can wear on someone. People say the same thing about Vancouver during certain seasons. Just that low gray sky every day, and uh, we're having a little bit of that in Halifax for this little first stretch here. So um, hopefully the sun breaks through at some point. You know what I saw, too, yesterday? I saw a group of teenagers leaving a high school, and one of the kids just had a T-shirt on. Now, I'm hoping that this young man is not in a situation where he can't afford a jacket, and therefore, he's out there just wearing a T-shirt. I hope that's not the case. But it reminded me of the days, and maybe every generation of teenagers, who, some of them who just choose to not wear a jacket. You know? Like, I really like this T-shirt. I want everyone to see me in my T-shirt, so therefore, I'm not going to wear a coat. And it was cold out yesterday. Like, it's not, like, five seconds into that decision, you regret that choice. In, undoubtedly undoubtedly, you know, but is that that something every generation of teenagers do? There's always a few people who are like, "Eh, I don't need gloves, I don't need a jacket, I'm just going to wear this, it's fine, you know, I don't know why that is, why, you know, no one ever does that as an adult, you know, I got a really nice jacket, but I also like this dress or shirt even more, so uh, I don't want to hide it, I don't want to hide it. All right, it's been a crazy four or five days for me. I'm actually putting together a little mini movie of my week, and uh, I'm going to put it up on um, up on the social media platforms, on my Facebooks, on my Instagrammage, and uh, up on my LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm on the LinkedIn. Huh? You checking out the LinkedIn? It's becoming more social, not just worky-worky stuff now, a little bit more uh, fun times. So uh, I'm on the LinkedIn. You should look me up over there. Or on the Facebook or on the Instagrams. Give me a little look, give me a little follow there. Uh, to people who have been following me on Instagram, little inside secret here, I've been sending people a uh, little audio message of thanks to uh, people over the last couple of months who've been following. So who knows? Maybe you get one of those. Hmm? No, you feel special. Uh, it has been an insane couple of, of days. Uh, we took off to do a road piece in Sussex, New Brunswick. That aired last night. Thanks for all the feedback uh, from everybody. It's, it's on social media right now, too, on Facebook and stuff, and people have been sharing it, um, which was crazy because we drove out four hour drive just to get to Moncton and uh, from Halifax, when it's normally like two and a half hours maybe. It was four because roads were so, so bad. Um, I did some stand up on the weekend, worked on some new stuff, and that's coming along nicely. Getting ready for the old Hunt for Happy tour. And uh, we had our first taping um, after Christmas, Um, and so it's been a busy old stretch here. So anyway, a little bit more detail in the uh, little mini-movie I'm doing, so uh, yeah, check it out if you get a chance. Um, All right, we are uh, setting up this next part two of my talk with Nick Ledgerwood of Calvary FC. And a little breaking news right now, Nick's uh, teammate, I guess former teammate, Joel Waterman, Just got signed by the Montreal Impact. So he played with the Calvary last season and uh, was a vital part of the team. Really, really great player, defender. And uh, Montreal Impact and Thierry Henry, the famous Thierry Henry, who now coaches the Montreal Impact. Yeah, they just bought Joel Waterman from Calvary FC. That's huge. That's the first player from the CPL, from the Canadian Premier League, to be bought and moved to the MLS, the next big league in North America. That's insane. Uh so yeah, good luck to Joel. I uh, I'm sure he's gonna crush it in Montreal. And uh what a great thing for the league to to have uh players recognized like that and and uh and to move on to the next level. So good luck to him. And uh so yeah, so I talked to Joel's former teammate, Nick Ledgerwood. Now this is recorded a few weeks ago, so this is before Joel was transferred. And uh again, Nick very honest about uh his career and really gets into the heart of the season with uh, Calvary FC and kind of how he saw things um, from his point of view. And uh, yeah, so enjoy part two of my conversation with Mr. Nick Ledgerwood. 100%.
1: He goes, I know how you are as a player, a person. Right. Come over to Stockholm, come for three days, have a look, see if you like it, and then we'll sit down and we'll, we'll sort something out. So I went over to Stockholm, and what an unbelievable city. By oh the yeah, way. No oh bad. my goodness. <laughs> Uh the city was absolutely unbelievable. Uh the team the team was in the second division in in Sweden, which probably the top five teams were at a at a good level. The bottom, I think I think there's twelve twelve or thirteen teams altogether. The bottom seven were lower end right. clubs. Um but all very technical players, smart, athletic, um but there, there wasn't those egos, right? In Germany, there wasn't that like that fight, that battle. Like you know, the locker room was like, you, these are your friends. Okay, these yeah. are your brothers. Brothers, right? You know, this is your team. Right. You know, and it, and it was funny because after I ended up signing there, and I go in the locker room and I find out that the guy sitting next to me is pretty much the guy that I'm taking his spot right. from the team. So I'm like, oh shit. Here we this go. This is gonna be a long year. Yeah, like, yeah. I have, to, I have yeah. to sit next to this hey, guy. Yeah.
0: Where's my flip-flops? Did you see my flip-flops? Did you see right? throw oh, I threw him in a garbage? <laughs> yeah.
1: Dude. And I'm thinking, oh, man, like, <laughs> he ended up being, like, my best friend on the team. Really? Yeah, nicest guy. You know, you need help. Here, I'll show you around the city. I'll help you out. Like, and there was that, that like, that brotherhood friendship within the team there that, and it might be because they didn't have the bonus structure that Germany right. had. Everybody was kind of more like, this is your salary. It is what it is. Yep. We're, we win together, we lose together. Right. Type of mentality. So I don't know if that that changed it a lot, but I think the Swedish mentality and the Canadian mentality are very similar okay. when it comes to that. And I had I was there for a year and a half, and probably one of the best year and a half in Europe that I had. Just I don't know if it was just the change. I needed that change from Germany. Right. And I needed that little bit of love and life back yes. into, into football again. Yep. But, but I loved it and the the fans and the stadium That it's probably one of the best teams outside of 1860 Munich that I played for that's amazing well it's funny I think
0: because you do need that balance I mean when you're because you said like innately that was already in you like that mm-hmm. fire and so when you're going at that clip for that amount of time At some point, you got to go, like, whoa, like, I got to go live some life. Like, I got to remember smiling. Yeah. Remember when I used to smile and, like,
1: enjoy? Oh, you can tell jokes in Sweden? Yeah. Yeah, People laugh. Oh, you all do. Germany was like, (laughs) I don't even know what sarcasm or (laughs) irony is. Like, quick question, coach. Are we allowed to smile here? Yeah. (laughs) No? Okay. (laughs) No. Okay. We're good. Okay. Okay. I'll just keep my mouth shut. It's
0: interesting because that comes across in a lot of different people's lives, too, and careers, is that that balance right of like hey i'm very committed and very driven i have goals and I'm, I'm on task to also yeah but don't forget to like enjoy, enjoy life, life and live life yeah. and actually i think sometimes you take your foot off the gas here a little bit when you're driven enough you take your foot off the gas here and enjoy this a little bit better this even gets better yeah you know what i mean because you're like well i'm not going with the weight of the world now to the training session and i'm not mm-hmm. it's like yeah we're having a joke now doing warm-up because we all had a good time on the weekend, and like. You get a little bit more when you're squeezing it so tight oh, all the time. Yeah. Y- like you said, you just show up and go, man, I don't want to start today. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't even want to see a ball right yeah. now, you know? Yeah, and, and that's... I like that burnout.
1: To me, that's what it was in Germany. Like, I, I loved it in Germany. I love the football. I love the football culture in Germany. But there needs to be a little bit of that, like, this is life. Like, enjoy it. Yeah. There there wasn't too much of that. And it's, it's funny. Like, I think... Jurgen Klopp. That's funny. I was just gonna say that. Right, like he's, he's a German coach, which you wouldn't think, but you see his love and passion that he has for the players. Yeah. And like that smile and that like enjoyment that he brings to a team, like to me, that's how that's what it should be like. Well, that's a lethal combination. Yeah. Because
0: they, it's that German. We are focused. We are driven. But also, there's supposed to be joy in this game. Yeah. And like,
1: can- I th- and I think I think he's found that antidote. To man management being a friend but having that soccer coach mentality that German mentality that the tactics and everybody that buys into it yeah like he has both right and and you see his players work and run for him they'll do whatever he says oh yeah no the question th- through a wall right yeah and, and I don't think you don't find that very often where like you will do everything for a coach yeah it's very hard to find that
0: to get complete complete yeah i'm i'm i believe in this wholeheartedly 100 yeah what do you need me to do yeah yeah you're right it's a hard sell to a lot of guys um it's weird too because you know all this stuff's come out in the national hockey league about coaches and you know language being used by coaches Mm -hmm. and stuff and i think you know society changes people change ways of doing things change and coaches have to adapt to that too yeah how you're going to communicate with players what you can say what you can't say um and realizing that Every player is different, and one person doesn't respond the same way another person responds to. You know, you can get in some guy's face and let him have it, and he's like, "I got you." Someone I, else, yeah, it'll, it'll fire, shut it'll, down.
1: right? It'll fire him up. Yeah, boom, let's go time. Exactly. You do it to somebody else, They're and you've like, lost him for the season. Yeah, he's like, "You're dead to me. Yeah. I don't want to be here
0: anymore. Yeah. And I'm out. Talk to my <sighs> agent. Get me out of here." So you know, it is man management to a certain degree because when the balance of winning is so fine and. You know, teams are fairly even. It's like mm-hmm. that is that little extra bit yeah. of like he's got my back, he believes in me. We, we're solid, and yeah. I'm also solid with my teammates. It's what gets the job done. I think. Well, and I think
1: I think in the last five, ten years is where you've seen the transition from like the hard old school coaches yeah. that worked, like that mentality worked. Either you buy into the system or you're out. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, like you said, what does what does this player need? Yeah. To be the best version of himself. What does that player need? I need to cater to all of them, Yeah, right? If I want to get the best out of this team, yeah. I need to c- cater to each player individually.
0: Exactly. And I think it's it's more work. Because yeah. as oh. a coach, you're like, I would just do this blanket statement thing, Boom, that's to everybody, and I've got to change. Yeah. The other way is, like, i got to get inside this kid's head. i got to find out what this guy likes. You find out about this person's oh, family. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is more work, but I think if you're willing to do that, the player feels like, oh, you actually give a shit. Yeah. This guy actually took the time to, eh, to talk about your family and whatever. I remember hearing stories about Alex Ferguson, about team talks, and I don't know if you've ever heard this, but he'd say, you know they're like well, well, this big game, like, what was the pregame? And he goes, quite often you just go in and tell a story. Yeah. It wasn't even about tactics, like, yeah, here's yeah. the formation, here's the lineup, but like, he talked about his dad working on the docks. Yeah. And about, you know what I mean? And it was kind of, did two things, I think, in a way, where it gives you a framework with which to go, like, you know, people work very hard in life and you guys have a blessed opportunity mm. and so on. Mm-hmm. But also, it takes a little bit of stress out of the balloon, a little bit of air in yeah. the balloon of like, because you know, everyone's already chomping at the bit, they want to win. But I'm going to just give you some life framework here and kind of he goes, he, they would do that. He would do that all the time. Yeah. You know, just a quick yeah. life story. As yeah. opposed and, to you like, get, ah, and you yeah, could see yeah.
1: like the pressure and the, everybody's tense and it's just like,
0: yeah, take a breath. Let's. Yeah.
1: You and know. Let's just
0: go. Let's go play a game that we yeah. love and be focused and driven. So I think you're right. Find that balance is is uh, is key. So how do you get yourself? We've gone through all this Germans. We've gone to Sweden. How do you end up at Calvary FC? How does that happen?
1: Um, while, while I was still in Germany, I came home for a little small Christmas break, usually 10 day Christmas break is what we had. Right. Come home and, um, I was, sorry, this was when I came home from Sweden. So the, the, the break was a little bit longer and I was like, I was just getting into hot yoga. I was like off season, hot yoga. Yep. Love it. You know, it's not, it's not hard on the body. You're not pounding away on a treadmill. Yep. So I'm in Lethbridge, go to a hot yoga studio, and I run into an old coach that used to coach down in Lethbridge, and I'm like, oh, what are you doing here? You know, and he goes, oh, my daughter owns the studio. Oh, right. And I was like, awesome. Cool. So I ended up taking her class and loved the class. Loved hot yoga at the time, and, you know, Lethbridge is a small city, so of course, a couple nights out, I see her working. I chat her up. Hello. Do the leave a number? <laughs> do this, but I'm, I have to go back to. I'm I'm going back to Germany. Right. So that was I. I had left Sweden, and I was going back to Germany. So after my year and a half in Sweden, I actually went back to Germany and played three years. Oh wow. Yeah. So I went back to Germany, and we kept in touch the whole spring, back and forth, FaceTime, messaging, everything. Kept in touch, and it was. It was an organic way of getting to know each other without any physical. Uh, you know, there was no pressure of let's meet, let's do this, let's do that. It was right. We got to know each other on such an intellectual level, just because it was all communication. Right, talking for six months. Yeah, and you know, we got to a point where we're like, you wanna you want to try this and see if it works. Like, right. uh, it's going to be a long distance relationship, but let's let's do it. And so uh, she came back and forth. You know she'd come over to Germany for you know two months at a time wow go back because she owned the studio the yoga studio she could she could get some time off and um, year and a half went by and things got super serious real quick I think you know we were at we we're both at that age where we knew what we wanted in life yeah and we found it
0: lived a bit yeah yeah you're like yeah this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah.
1: Y- you know, like, and, and we had the same goals in life and we wanted the same things. So we were like, yeah, this is it. It, it matches everything. The fit is perfect. We ended up, um, getting, well, I moved from Germany back to Edmonton. Cause I'm like, I still want to play professional soccer. Right. Still want to do what I do. Edmonton's the closest thing right, right now. To and, where she is and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was getting to be 30 and I'm like, okay. I want a family. I want to I want to, you know, have some roots. Yep. And her brother and sister both lived in Edmonton, so I'm like, perfect. Let's let's do Edmonton. And she was like, yeah, I, you know, Crazy. down for that. Crazy. Let's do it. So we moved back to to Edmonton. They had their team FC Edmonton played in the NASL. Life was good. Back home, it was comfortable. It was you know there was no pressure no stress yeah you know I thought I could you know move to Edmonton enjoy soccer again Yep. without that without that stress but I realized I missed it
0: oh that that competitive yeah
1: I missed I missed having that structured where games mean something yeah you know like promotion relegation that kind of you know like I, I missed that and so I moved to Edmonton kind of lost the love for the game okay a little bit and uh so i played there for two years and the league folded right out of nowhere out of the out of nowhere the league folds so i'm like oh great right now what now what (laughs) (laughs) i'm married we had our first kid right i'm in edmonton without a job right leagues folded Awesome what do we do what do we do, do? <laughs> do, do? thirty two yeah so I got a hold of um my agent that I worked with back in Germany, and I'm like, you know is there is there any opportunities still back over there? A couple of the guys that I used to play with were now in coaching roles right so there was there was some opportunity to to go back to Germany, but I'm like with a family right it's it's different, yeah, it's not anymore yeah, and that's when actually uh Tommy Wieldon and myself started chatting back and forth. Yep. You know, what are you up to? What are you doing? This and that. And uh, he's the one who kind of said, you know, there's going to be a league in, in Canada. And I had kind of heard rumors about it. Didn't know if it was true. Right. Didn't know what I could believe. Right. And he's like, he's like, yeah, it's happening. And Calgary's going to have a team. He goes, I'm going to be head coach. And so the talks started to get more serious because I'm like, I'd love to stay in Alberta. Yeah. You know, Calgary, closer to home for me. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, almost complete like the, f- the full circle. Right. Yeah. Type of thing, right? And, and uh, Tommy's an unbelievable talker. Oh, yeah. Motivator. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, like he can sell.
0: Yeah. You will be, yeah. No, you know,
1: like, we're going honey, it's going, yeah. down. just
0: talk to Tommy, he's on the other line.
1: <laughs> and, and so I met up with Tommy a few times, we had some great chats. He took me out to Spruce Meadows he said, this is where it's happening. Like, this is – and I had never been out to Spruce Meadows before. Right. You know, I knew about it, never been out there. And he goes, he goes yeah, we're going to build a stadium right over there. I was like, wow. What? Wow. And he goes, he goes why don't you come, come to Calgary, play one season with the PDL. Yep. And that will be the transition year. And then, you know, we'll, we'll have our little core of players that we're going to move right into CPL. We'll be a step ahead of everybody. And then, boom. The first domestic professional league in canada well you know and i want I, you know and he he made me feel that i was going to be a very big part of it right and to me that was one of the selling points where it's like i want to help build something in canada right you know i want to be a part of it i want to be an ambassador of the league or of cavalry i want to i want to help give kids something that I never had growing up. So not just a player anymore. It's like yeah. something bigger than you. Yeah. So I was like, you know, this is this is an opportunity where, where I want to be a part of it. Yep. And so the talks got serious, and here, you are. here I am. Dude, it's amazing. And I,
0: you know, I went to a bunch of games this past summer, Calvary FC games. There's a few moments where I remember sitting there or standing in the stands, and I went, they did it like you know the, the impact game the white cap game like the emotion in the stadium mm-hmm. the feeling everyone singing i was just like they did it and i because i had talked to tommy on this podcast years prior yeah like to see where his what his vision was and then to see a jam-packed stadium the city is bought in completely we're knocking off mls squads it's yeah. like they did it. It yeah. was like, I even said the person next to me, I was like, they they did it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. just one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, it was, I was there. Like, I, you know, to see and it. it
1: and, and it's crazy because before the season started, they had uh, myself, Marco Carducci in the office trying to sell season tickets. Like, just help out, yep. sell season tickets. And I was like, yeah, I'll help out. You know, like, if, if we're starting something from scratch, everybody needs to pitch in, pitch in right? Yep. So we're calling people. We're doing season tickets, and they're like, "Oh, how many teams are in the league?" I'm not sure yet. <laughs> how many players are signed? I'm not sure yet. Who's signed? I'm not sure yet. So you're trying to sell a season ticket on something that's not even there yet. I was like, "Yeah, but it's gonna be great." Trust, it's gonna, me. trust, trust me, it's me. gonna be trust great. I know what talking about <laughs> you know, now. and it, it was so weird trying to sell season tickets to these people, and they're like, "So where's the stadium?" Right. Oh, no, it's going to be built. Don't worry. It's coming we're, It's too. coming. We're yeah. going to build it. Now, your credit card number is, uh, <laughs> let's just get you set you up know? here. <laughs> and, and it was unbelievable. And even, like, during preseason. So we're we're in our preseason, and, you know, first game's coming up in, like, three weeks. Tommy goes, guys, we need the whole team out to Spruce Meadows this afternoon. We're putting together goals and, uh, you know, the referee benches and the side benches and everything. We're... We're putting it all together. Oh, it's amazing! And we're like, all right, <laughs> let's do it. Welcome like, to we're CPL, gonna, baby. We're gonna actually build it. Let's. We're literally. I told you we're gonna build it. Yeah, and we are literally. I, I, we, grab we, a hammer. <laughs> so and it was hilarious because these a couple new players. Like I, re- I remember uh, Don Malanga. It was one of his first days, <laughs> and he shows up, and it was pretty chilly. Yeah, you know, like we're talking. Would have been April. Yeah. So, and we're out back in Spruce Metals, put together the goals, <laughs> try, trying to read instructions, screwing things. And he's looking around, like, what? you know, in his French accent, like, oh man, <laughs> oh man, what is this? You know, like, and, then, what have I walked and into? then to look back on it, like, six months later, and to be like, yeah. We did unbelievable it. Unbelievable what happened in six months.
0: Crazy, dude. It was so – and, like, even, you know, with, um, I guess, one soccer jumping on board and, yeah. and televising the games and stuff or broadcasting the games, and I was at, um, I think it was the Rose and Crown watching one of your road games against – I think it was against um, Forge. Yeah. In the, during the season when, when Dom had the penalty the PK. Mm-hmm. Dude, this place erupts. Like, it's like everyone's there, got the jerseys on. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was all those things, like, just moments throughout the course of a season Mm -hmm. where you went it's it's growing it's yeah. getting bigger you're walking around town cavalry hats cavalry jerseys when i left yeah. my condo to walk down to the pub it's like there's already people wearing red jerseys and green yeah. like, to get down there and i'm it's like slowly building this like is that thing football now. culture right because right? you guys came out of, exactly and you guys came out of the gate and played so well out of the gate. yeah you know you, you're on the radio every week and guys are like yeah man they're undefeated and like so slowly word of mouth is just yeah. it's building and building and like i said just to to get to the final, obviously, but also like just to have that run in, in the Canadian Championships, it was like, man, this is insane that yeah. this has happened. And, and you're right, out of nothing, nothing, nothing existed a yeah. year prior. It was yeah. literally like no stadium, there's no players, nothing, and then yeah. from the ground up, yeah. it's like we're here. Yeah, you know? it, it is impressive.
1: And it was, you know, as as frustrating as it was to lose the final, I think what we did in the Canadian Championship. Was so much bigger. Yeah. Because anybody we talked to about tickets and anybody who hadn't been to a game, they didn't know the level. Right. They always questioned, well, well, what's the level like? How good is it? Can you compare it to MLS? Yeah. What is it compared to MLS? Right. You know, and that was always the question. What is it compared to MLS? Yeah. And I think, you know, knocking out the Whitecaps in a home and away series, which, you know, people can understand oh you want a one off game at home yeah got lucky you can understand but to tie them at home to go to bc place and Very to knock cool. them out yeah you know i think that opened a, a lot of people's eyes and then and then to almost do the same thing against montreal yeah you know like to ha- to be in the fight the complete 180 minutes that we there home and away to to be involved you know i think people are like yeah this is real. This is real. Like the, yeah. and the level it's a good level. Yeah. It it's is. not just, you know, some players at a university or college or Yeah, you know, it it's professional soccer. Players can play. Yeah, yeah, we can play.
0: Yeah. We've got stuff to prove. It was great for me, too, because I got to actually reconnect with old soccer buddies and stuff, too. And, yeah. like, you know, you see that in the concourses, like, at halftime or before the game. People are having a beer. And it's like mm. you're seeing old faces from indoor days. And, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all these people who've been waiting for something at this level something to get it. behind. Yeah. And finally, they're like, dude, this it's, it's yeah. today. For all the talk, oh. all the build-up, all yeah. the hype. Today, two o'clock this is going down, and it was just I think, as a soccer fan and a former player, like just the collegiate level and stuff, and like you know senior level, you're just like man like they they did it, and like even Spruce Meadows as an environment and the game day experience I was just gonna around, say yeah it's,
1: it's it's not like a normal you know people think like, oh, you go to the stadium, and like you go to any other stadium as soon as you go to the stadium, you sit down in your seat yeah, that's it. about it, yeah, you it. know you can that's walk the through experience. the corridors. You know, you get your beers, hot dogs, or whatever, but Spruce Meadows is is something special when it comes to, like, entertaining families or putting on events. Yeah. Like, you know, the couple games where, you know, I was injured or didn't play, just to walk around and see what they have for, like, pregame music, all the games for the kids, all the blow-up slides, the the soccer darts that they had there. It's unbelievable. So many people
0: just being behind it and... I got to go with a bunch of different people over the course of the mm-hmm. season to take people to their first one. Yeah. And I gotta say, people were just like, What? Like I had no idea it was yeah. at this level or yeah. that it was this many people involved. And so even the person I think who was on the fence and maybe not a soccer fan per se, yeah. if you got them there to a day to go, let's get there an hour early. Yeah. Get us get some food, get a beer in the sunshine, let really to take the band, in the environment. Take it all in. Yeah. They're like, what a great day yeah. this was. Like just, you know, team one Good guys win, you go home, you like you leave with a good experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, if that's year one, what does year five, what does year ten look like? Oh, it's amazing. You know? Yeah. Like I think that's that's the stuff that excites me when it you know, what does the future look like then if that's all if that's year one?
0: oh it's so it the potential is so huge and what i like too about what calvary fc did i think too is like you know soccer specific stadium let's keep it within what are what's a a good number of seats like let's Mm -hmm. not put it in a football stadium let's put it in a you know like let's make it and do like i don't know what it was like for you guys on the pitch but like in the stands it was loud like it was deafening at times where people were just stomping and i don't
1: don't know if it was like We know that's going to make a lot of noise. Let's have the bleachers like that. (laughs) Or if it was just kind of organically came from like, oh, there's a corner kick. Oh, let's pump up the crowd. Everybody starts stomping their feet. But like as a player, I was like, shit, that is loud. Yeah, it is. That is loud for 5,000 people. It's amazing. You know, like that's a cool atmosphere.
0: And another buddy of mine, I took a video at Spruce Meadows during the game. And it was, you know, a corner kick or whatever. And people are like, you know, doing the clap or whatever. Yeah. and uh, I put it up on Facebook or something, and another buddy of mine who I played soccer with years ago is like back. Uh, I think he's in Kingston now. He's like, this literally looks like a like a British football stadium, right? Because as I pan back, and you're seeing the rooftop and stuff, and he's like, yeah. what? Yeah, it looks
1: you? like like you could compare it to like League One football yeah. in England, like a nice, tight, intimate stadium. Unbelievable! Yeah. It was
0: unbelievable, and like you said, just to grow from there and and to get the excitement and seeing the kids out just running around the grounds and stuff, and they're so excited; they're going to be fans for the rest of their yeah. lives. You know, so for you on a personal level, how did you feel the season went for you?
1: Ah, uh, good. You know, um, minus I, I had one little setback with an injury that kind of bugged me, just because the way it happened. Uh, it was for I think fourth or fifth game of the season. 91st minute, I go into a tackle that I probably don't need to go into and I do my MCL. Right. In my knee. Not terrible. Just a bad enough strain to keep me out for for 8 weeks. Right. You know, 8 weeks in a 6-month season is a long time. Yeah. You know, so and that uh, you know, I'm a little bitter about it cuz it probably didn't need to happen. Yeah. But it you know, it is what it is and you know, I'll I'll always say I'm never going to change the style of player I am, and, and they're
0: thinking too much. And yeah, and that gosh.
1: that's who I am. Like I, am an aggressive player. I go to win the ball. I like sticking in tackles. I'll, yeah. I'll do the dirty work. You it's know, midfield job, that, man. That's, that's who I am. So I'm not going to take that away, um, just to you know make sure I'm healthy and right, fresh. Because <laughs> then that's not me as a player. Right, and I won't play. But I think I think overall. Uh, I was I was super happy with with just the culture that we built within the first year, you know, to bring 23 guys, 23 new guys minus you know a small core of guys that came PDL. from from the PDL. But to bring in 23 new guys and build a culture that we have, like you know, a, a lot of players talk about it. like we had such a winning culture and such an, a competitive culture in training. But on the flip side, like we were all there for each other. Yeah. You know, everybody didn't matter if you were starting not starting injured, you know, you were there for each other and, and everybody felt it. Right. You know, and uh, you know, that that's kind of where my hat goes off to Tommy to to create this culture and to put players in a spot, you know, myself, uh Mason Trafford, Elijah we we're, were part of like the leadership captains team. Yep where where he gives us responsibilities that we feel you know we're part of it right it's our responsibility to do this and it's all it's on us you know and now all of a sudden you're more involved in the team in the city in in the growth of the league yeah you know you're you're more invested in it well it's amazing too
0: because you know you guys would have that ultimate responsibility and like super belief within the squad Mm -hmm. but also you know, I was watching you guys play Whitecaps or or the Impact, and I guess Whitecaps have been first. And I remember my thought as a fan watching was, will the, the occasion be too big for them? Yeah. Like because you know it, it's you know the nerves must be insane and like mm-hmm. wow we really got to this point and like <clears> there's <throat> all that gravity of everything behind you which can f- can crumble. You. Yeah. And I went, will the occasion be too big, too good? Will the MLS L- MLS quality be a little touch too good for yeah. them? Or whatever. And then within the first 15 minutes, you're like oh, no, they can play with these boys. You yeah. know I, mean? I don't know what it was like for you guys as players. Was it kind of like yeah. a nerve thing? Like, okay, we just got to get that
1: out. Yeah, I think there was obviously a few players where you could tell, like, this is the biggest game they've ever been in. Yeah, right? right, yeah. And I think, you know, part of my role as being, you know, an older leader experience was to, you know, it's just a game. Yeah. It's just a game. But at the end of the day, we've earned the right to come here and to beat them. Right. And we can. Yeah. You know, and I, I said in an interview afterwards, I said, the biggest difference between us and the Whitecaps on that day is everybody in our locker room believed we were going to win. Right. And that to me, that was the biggest difference. Yeah. Like, I, I looked at some of the Whitecaps players, and they were, you know, going through the motions. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I've been there as well. You're playing a lower league team. You, you go through the motions. Yeah. Yeah, ah, it's not, you know, we'll win at the end of the day. It's not do or
0: die for me in the moment. Yeah, yeah.
1: but it's it's very hard for a pre- professional player to just turn the switch. Yeah. Like, oh, now nah, it's go time. We need to go, like, yeah. you know? And I think that's what happened with the Whitecaps is they got behind the eight ball and were like, Okay, let's hit the switch, and it—it it was too late.
0: Yeah, we couldn't do it. We were all over them Well, momentum is an amazing thing in sport, isn't yeah. it? Like when you come out of the gate and you believe early, and you get like an early one or yeah. whatever, and now you believe, like you're different players. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take that guy on. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide out there. Like I'm gonna go get a ball. Like I'm gonna go back and get a yeah. ball. Like you want the ball in traffic. It's like, uh, you know, you're you're just mm-hmm. you're relaxed more. But when you don't have that momentum, it's like now you're tight. You, you know, a mistake. You now second is guess yourself. You're yeah. like,
1: yeah, I don't want to be the next one to make a mistake. I'll exactly. play it a little safer. All balls
0: are going long. <clears throat> it's like we're not keeping possession anymore. But yeah. I realized you guys like early were like. No, we're still going to play our game. Like, let's do what we do. Yeah, It's just different opposition. Let's yeah. not, like, well, no, we've got to be this other thing, and, like, we'll sit back and just absorb pressure for yeah. 90 minutes. Yeah. It was like, no, no, you're going to defend us when we get it. Like, yeah. we're not going to just give it back to you right away. Yeah, as, as a fan, I was sitting there going, like, oh, these these guys believe they can play with these guys. Yeah. Like, this is going to be an actual – I wasn't even sure what the outcome was going to be, but I was like, no, they believe. Yeah. You know? And it was really, really cool to see and be a part
1: of. Yeah. And it was hard this year because – you didn't know what level it was going to be. Right. Like even for us as players, we were like, you know, what's the travel going to be like? Yeah. What's the level going to be like? You know, what is traveling to Halifax going to be like to play a game? Yeah. Right. When you do, we, know, get there, when like do a, we get in there? When do we get in? What's the turnaround? Like, All you know, all that. And I think, you know, I think our team, our staff, everybody handled it very well. Right. And very well. The travel we had, we had good physios on board. The players were professional enough. Like I, I remember, I forget what. I think we won in we. I think we won in Halifax, and we were going to go play Montreal in the Cup game. And I think it was a Wednesday. And Tommy just kind of comes over and he goes, "Make sure none of the guys go out for a drink tonight, because we we play again." And I looked at him and I said, "Nobody even thought about going out for a drink because everybody's mentality." Right. It was like, dude, we got a game against impact. It's a big one. It's a big one. Like it's Right. You know, like and it was that kind of group of guys which was unbelievable. Like nobody was like, Oh, let's go get let's go have a sneaky one. Let's Yeah, yeah. We knew there was business to take care of. Like we went out we went out as a team when it was the right time to go out as a team. Yeah. But but not with work to do. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think that we had such a we had such a good group of guys. And I think this next year will be even better to build on that. Yeah you know,
0: here's how we do our business. Yeah. Yeah. That's everybody
1: knows, everybody knows already coming in yeah. what's expected. We don't need that three, four months preseason to establish, to it. establish it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Makes good sense. I went to a game. Actually, um, it wasn't a Calvary FC Wanderers game, but Wanderers versus Valor yeah. and it was just cool. kind of cool to be able to go to other grounds as well and see their game day experience. And at the Halifax, the Wanderers grounds is like, it's so compact and tight. But the surface seemed really good. It yeah. seemed like it was a really nice. Ball grass. I would
1: say overall, they have the best stadium game day atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, They're like right it, there on top and, of you. Yeah, and it's it's right downtown. Yep, like, within walking distance. Yeah, and the thing I loved about that is after the games, like when we went into the city to grab food afterwards, the amount of jerseys you saw in the city, like Halifax Wanderers jerseys, was yep. unbelievable. Like. They got behind that team, no matter yeah. you know. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. No, and they would do the pub thing,
0: I guess, where they wanna prime up at the pubs and then just like literally walk to the Walked grounds to the, with their flags yeah. and stuff. And I was like, again, same moment, I go like, oh, it's, it's happening! Like it's like yeah. this country is getting behind this league, and every city is behind their team. Yeah, and it was such a cool thing, um, even of our in our production office at twenty two, like one of our um, production assistants, Ryan, we're talking about, like, oh, yeah, man, you got tickets for the Wanderers games? He's like, yeah, did you get Calvary tickets? Like, I was like, yeah, and we're talking, like, stats yeah. and standings. And I was like, this didn't exist a right? year ago. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. one of those things that it's, it's filtering into everyday life and mm. people's conversation. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's such a cool thing, such a cool thing to see. Um, so off-season now for you, we're, we are currently, this is, this is the beginning of January 2020, if you can believe it. So what do the next bunch of months look like for you? Um...
1: Just, just getting back into
0: it. Yeah. Um, when the season ended, you just let let the body recover. Yeah. Just so, s- so
1: last with. our last game was November second. So that was the the final, and literally after that, it was like, don't see a ball. Right. Just get me away from it. Get me away from it. Get me with the family. Let me relax, enjoy, and then it didn't probably not until mid December. So it took probably about six weeks where I was like. Didn't see a ball. Yeah. Yeah. I helped doing a little bit of coaching, um, you know, once a week type stuff, but not where I was out playing or doing anything like that. So mid-December, I started getting back into the gym a little bit, keeping fit, trying yep. to keep the Christmas food <laughs> away. <laughs> the
0: chips and dip. Yeah.
1: Stay at it. <laughs> Chicken wings again? Yeah. Oh, my <sighs> God. I hate this. This is horrible. <laughs> is Tommy around? Uh, no. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's such a long off-season for us. That, you know, you can either look at it like, okay, well, you just constantly stay in shape all the way through it. Or you you take your six, seven weeks off. You let your body heal. Just, you know, relax and then slowly build up. Taper it a little. And that's kind of more my mentality about it. Because our first game probably isn't until end of April. Right. You know, and to, to get back in the gym too early, to start peeking and hitting, you know, your your personal best and stuff in January, it doesn't make sense for me. No. Um, for younger players, if they want to, you know, yeah, yeah. they can do it, right? Recovery they can, time is different. Yeah. Um, so my January will be, you know, three, probably max four days a week, getting back into it. Yeah. In the gym, on the field, just different type of interval running, long distance stuff, weights in the gym, uh, and then come February is is probably where I start putting the foot on the gas. Right. Where, you know, it's time to start getting at a level where, you know, once preseason starts, you're already there. You're, yeah,
0: you're not you, going there to get fit. Yeah, already, yeah, yeah, you're not
1: going there to get fit. You're there to fit. You, you're fit. You're there to prove something. Yeah. So that's kind of
0: the mentality that I have. When does, uh, do you know when preseason training camp starts and stuff? Or do you, officially, I,
1: officially, I think it's March 1st. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, Not
0: like it really. It's not. I mean, you know, we're almost a week into January. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's six, seven weeks out. it's It's not forever away.
1: Yeah. So it'll start. It'll start coming quick and fast. And then, you know, you'll slowly hear all the new announcements, players signing. Yeah. Where we're going for preseason, the schedule is supposed to be released. I think mid-January, oh, okay. which is a huge one, right? Yeah, yeah. Fans love to. Yeah, you start planning. and yeah, book yeah. Dates and awesome. See that kind of stuff. So yeah, it'll 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 pick up steam here real quick. Awesome.
0: Um, so once you hang the uh, the playing boots up, what are your thoughts on what's next for you? Do you is it a coaching thing you want? to Yeah, go into? I mean, I've
1: always been intrigued by coaching. Um, I made sure when I was in Germany that I did my UEFA-B oh, coaching cool. license before I left because I was like, while I'm here, might as well. Might as well. Um, so I'll probably look into do National A license right. next winter in the off season. Um And it, it, it all depends how long I keep playing. I want to play as long as I can. For sure. Uh, just because I, I enjoy it too much yeah. to step away from it. I enjoy the atmosphere, the, you know the the camaraderie the team the, like that kind of stuff but you know i want to stay within the sport yeah i want to do what i can to stay within soccer for sure you know and uh coaching i'd love to i'd love to get into coaching assistant coach maybe even you know with the younger canada teams youth teams under 17 under 20 youth teams yeah. be involved with some of that uh those are kind of the the small goals and aspirations probably once once the boots get hung up and I mean in that time, you know, hopefully I can still play another two, three years, but you know, in two, three years, see what the CPL is like, you know, there could be another four or five teams. Yeah. Yeah. True. So who knows that you need another four or five coaches, right? right? That's right. (laughs) I got some
0: experience. Like sign me up. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So yeah, those are the small goals. I mean, it's, but isn't it amazing to even think
0: that that isn't, that is a realistic Potential future job, yeah, that a professional soccer coach in a professional league in Canada, in Canada. that that promotes Canadian Ugh. players and talent. That that's that actually is a thing. that yeah. you consider.
1: Yeah, right. Oh, it's unbelievable now.
0: I mean, I I, I do. As a, I don't know as a soccer junkie, I'm just like I'm still like, man, I, they did it, and right? now we're talking next season.
1: And yeah, like, the build
0: up and whatever. So it's been uh, it's been amazing. All right, we're gonna wrap it up with this next question. Now, I always preface this question the same way. This question got asked to me at a job interview once, and I was like, "Oh man, if I ever get to ask questions, for a living, <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping that, ask that. One. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that one." So, so uh, people sometimes need a minute or just a couple yeah, seconds to think yeah, about it. Okay, so don't feel like you got to fill the space okay. with noise if you need a second. Okay, here it is. What is the biggest misperception people would have about Nick Ledgerwood, and then what is the actual truth?
1: I think the biggest misperception is that I'm a little bit of, of, like, a an arrogant, I wouldn't say dick, but, you know, like that, on the field, on the field, people don't like to play against me. Right. Like, I I like to get in people's ears. I like to wind them up. I like to, you know, put out that little fish and let them see if they bite. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm that kind of guy, right? But I think... Anybody that has played with me loves to be on my team because they know I'll fight for them. Right, they'll know I'll have their back. They they know I'm that kind of player. Yeah, but like there's guys that I've played against, and you know I've known their teammates, and they're like, oh man, so and so thinks you're the biggest dick. Out there. Like you <laughs> like you're in his ear constantly. You're throwing him off his game. Like you know, like stuff like that. Where at the end of the day, like. I'll go out and have a beer with them. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't like. Yeah, I'm just doing my job. i just. Here. Yeah, yeah, like I want to win. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do what I can to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I think that's a big misconception of of who I am as a player, and even even people who watch me play. Like, you know, I'm very aggressive. I I'm very vocal. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, you know I don't mind saying what's what's on my mind yeah. to the refs, to the players. Yeah. You know I. And sometimes it's got me in trouble. Actually, this year it got me in trouble a little bit right? with a little fine. There uh, you go, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little post-game interviewer. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, there you go, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I do go over the edge a little bit, but it's a, it's a fine line, I think, of pushing boundaries. Yeah. Um, and for me, for me, it gets me in the game. as well like when I'm when I'm in there when I'm talking when I'm trying to get other guys motivated when I'm you know going into tackles and I and I leave a you know an extra word yeah yeah that maybe I shouldn't you know to me that that that's you know it might not be the complete sportsmanship fair play right but but I want to win yeah you know like I want to do anything I can to win I'm not going to go out there and try and break a guy's leg by any means but I'll go into a tackle hard yeah and win the ball um, so I think that's that's maybe the misconception that a lot of fans, players, uh, people that don't know me, um, in the locker room after the game, at home, uh, I love to have fun. I yeah. love to joke around. I love to, like, you know, play little pranks, little jokes, like yeah. that kind of, like, yeah. that kind of guy. Like, I need to have fun in the locker room. Right. You know, and I think that was another thing in Germany that that I was like, yeah, there's no there's no little jokes going on here. Like no there's no there's no banter. Really? There's no like hiding somebody somebody's shoes for laugh. Yeah. Like there was none of that. Wow. And that kind of like uh, if if I'm, gonna, if I'm going to if I'm going to do this as a job, like I want to have fun. Yeah. I want to have fun when I go play soccer. When I go train, I want to have fun and yep. and enjoy it. So uh, I guess a big thing like when it's time to work, I can work. Right. I have no problem with that, but you know, when there's some time to have some fun and it's not as serious, like, let's enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. For let's sure, enjoy man. it. So, yeah.
0: No, I like that one. It's funny because I had a guy <laughs> that I played against in university, and he joined our club team after we all graduated. Yeah. And he said the same thing. He goes, man... I gotta be honest with you, you guys, man. I thought you were the biggest dick. He's like, I just, right? I hated playing against you. <laughs> then we we're on the same team and it was like, became good buddies. Yeah. It was like, I was like, actually, we were more alike than we'd like to admit. And that's why you, yeah, why you heads. Clash heads. Yeah, right? yeah. Cause it's like, I wanna win. You, you wanna want- win. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. So are yeah. you. So of course we're gonna meet.
1: I'm getting in your ear. You're yeah, getting you're getting in my tell ear. Me and just about winding it. each other up.
0: Exactly. And it's like, yeah. all right, it's done. But like, and he said when he joined our team, he was worried, actually. He's like, well, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna get along with that guy. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, dude, you're wearing a different jersey. It's like, mm. when you're in the family, you're in the family, like, right? love for everybody, you know? Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I didn't know, dude. He's like, I, was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to hit it off, that guy. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for doing this, man. This was no, so awesome. awesome. I loved Best it. Best of luck this Thank coming season. Thank you so season. much. Thank and, you. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. There it is. Great chat with Nick. Nick. Uh, really really appreciate him taking the time to do that we recorded that at the old laugh shop in calgary which is uh my home club when i'm back in calgary working out stuff and uh yeah just really appreciate his insight and a great dude and as i said he's a he's a canadian success story when you can make a living as a pro soccer player um and you can do that being canadian and some of the hurdles we have to kind of go through in order to find your way through that so uh Guy works hard, he's passionate, and, and he's had a great career for himself. So wish him all the best. Um, all right, for those of you who don't have your hunt for happy tickets, go out and get them. They're not even super expensive. We tried to make them quite affordable for people, all right? I appreciate everyone who's got your tickets already. First show is in St. John, New Brunswick. I think it's on March 6th at the Imperial Theater. Tell your crew, get your friends, get your co-workers out. It's going to be a good time. Um, I'm really enjoying the stand-up that I'm putting out there right now and the new stuff's coming along nicely and really genuinely excited to get back on stage and to visit some, uh, visit some of these cities, some of which I've never been to really, really jacked up about it. So, uh, I'm hoping you'll join me on the hunt for happy tour at some point this spring. So really, really looking forward to it. And again, thanks to everybody. Don't forget to follow me on the old Instagrams, huh? Trent McClellan, look me up, huh? Facebook, same thing. LinkedIn, that's right, I'm doing the old LinkedIn. Even jumped over on the old TikTok, giving that a spin, huh? Check it out. And uh, again, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you all next week on The Generators Podcast.